Hi, I'm Will Roadhouse, and I'm the CEO of Roadhouse International, and welcome to another episode of Expat Thailand. And today is an important episode because this kind of coincides with Expat Thailand and also international real estate investor. I came across a, a really well-written article, and it's dated Sunday, May 7th by Tiger, and it states, so should I say, the headline is, How Living the Dream Became a Nightmare for Phuket property buyers. And that, my friends, is the one thing that I have been warning everyone, geez, for years, of why this pandemic has wrecked havoc and has shown and proven that Southern Thai Islands, unless you truly have family there or you really want to live in Phuket, Samoy, or some of these other islands. But other than that, it's a horrible investment. And here are the reasons why. So let me just read a little bit of the article and then I'll dive deeper into it. Dreams die hard, even in a pandemic. But for thousands of Phuket property buyers who invested the promise of a tropical dream with endless sunsets, the stone cold reality of failure is just starting to hit home. Amidst a backdrop, backdrop of rusting steel, decaying concrete, and empty construction sites lay the dark side of the island's real estate trade. To better understand the size of the market base, so C9 Hotel Works latest research shows that currently 22 projects offering hotel managed properties in Phuket with 6,529 units. As to how significant this is to the larger incoming pipeline of hotels, 55% of all new hotels on the island have real estate components to it, meaning there's a residential component to it. Then digging deeper beyond the hotel managed or branded condos and villas segment is an equally large number of pure residential developments that promote the promise of guaranteed returns or rental income. Taking these into account, the market size swells to over 10,000 units. So folks, try to grasp that. Phuket is not a big island. Their estimate is at least or over 10,000 units in Phuket that you're competing with. And here's another thing, here's another crazy number when you think about 10,000 units. Vast majority of those people are non-occupant owners. These people are primarily Chinese buyers, Russian buyers, and obviously they're not coming, or at least not yet. So that means that if you're buying an investment property, hoping to rent it out, you're competing with literally all these other non-occupant buyers or owners to rent your property. There's just not enough tourists in Phuket yet. Because like I say many times, Phuket's tourism industry, along with any of the southern islands in Thailand, have been decimated. Let me just quickly type up here what the population of Phuket is. So population of Phuket. Population of Phuket as of 2020 was is 80,000 people. That is it, 80,000 people with 10,000 plus units that's gonna be hitting the market 
Oh, that's crazy. Just doing the numbers alone should tell you this is not a good investment. That's why I, I, it's so hard to convince people. And the only way to do it is through these long format podcasts and for people to hear it over and over again. Listen, I know Phuket's gorgeous. Kosamoy's gorgeous. Any, any islands down south is gorgeous. Well, just because it's gorgeous doesn't make it a good place to live, nor does it make it a good place to invest in real estate. Just rent. Just simply rent. Like I stated earlier in this article, 55% of all new hotel developments have a residential real estate component. And that hasn't hit the market yet because everything has been pushed on pause because of this pandemic. So think about that and tell yourself whether you feel that you're a savvy investor or not, do the numbers add up? It makes no sense at all. No sense at all. So folks, I don't like giving you the bad news. But like I said, the best place to invest in Thailand is here in Bangkok. This is where your properties are going to appreciate value, especially if you're buying ultra luxury residential real estate. And then if you have the need, if you have to live in a beach community, there's no reason that you have to go all the way down south to some of these islands. You'll have the same feel, the same type of lifestyle, and it's more convenient and also a better should I say, a less competitive like Phuket, a less competitive market? And these places are like Cha'an Pua Hin and Jom Tien. Phuket, ha no, no, not Phuket, Pattaya has the, almost the same exact issues as Phuket. A complete overdevelopment and oversupply and there's a whole mess of new condos just being dumped on a market. And they're not ultra luxury. They're all this mid-level and lower-end crap that you see for $60,000, $70,000, just all this garbage just being poured into the market. And a lot of them have put on hold because of the pandemic. And once this, uh, once you know, Thailand goes back to 20 million tourists, 30 million tourists, and back normal to 45 million tourists, then all those developments are going to have the green light. And then when it's completed, you're going to be competing with, and again, all those homeowners for not just for resales, trying to flip your properties. If you think you're gonna make a, a profit, you probably won't. And or for those individuals that want to rent it for short-term or long-term rents. It's just not conducive. I mean, right now, a lot of investors, even like myself, have units that are on unoccupied because we rely we're relying on Thailand to reopen and for the tourists come pouring back. But that's fine. It's just the nature of the beast. It's not just Thailand. It's everywhere in the world. Every resort community around the world is suffering through these issues. But we're not, when the market comes back, our units will be filled with renters. But when you're looking at highly dense and overly built areas, like Phuket or Pattaya, 
doesn't matter how good the market is, it's still a bad investment. And you're still going to have lower occupancy because you're competing with thousands of other units that are available. So please, like I said, I don't want to rain on your parade of always, want, maybe your dream of always wanting to live in Phuket. Excuse me one second. Sorry about that interruption. I have an appointment uh, that I thought I had more time. So if it sounds like I'm in my car, I'm in my car driving. So I want to continue about Phuket. And please folks, if your dream has always been living in an island getaway like Phuket, just rent. There are so many wonderful properties that you can rent that would, even properties that you can't afford and you'll be surprised of how inexpensive they are to rent because there's just so many of them, so many choices because of oversupply. So if you're asking yourself, okay, well, if let's say I have a million dollar budget and you are maybe thinking about doing the surf and turf, having a unit or a home in Bangkok, for half a million and is spending the other half a million in a place in Phuket. Well, a better option would be to either spend one million in a really kick-ass place in Bangkok that's gonna put you in the best location. And by the way, folks, just like uh, in the States, when you see ultra luxury homes that are selling super fast, I mean, look at those HGTV stars, I mean, the ones that are showing these ridiculously expensive properties like in New York or in LA, they're killing it because the rich are just simply getting richer. And the same thing here in Thailand. If you can afford a property, one property, million dollars and up, you have a higher likelihood of that property appreciating higher and also higher demand when it comes to resales because there's just not enough of ultra luxury here in Thailand. We have an oversupply of lower market stuff and mid market stuff, just way too much of that stuff. For the average consumer, that's great because it still makes it very, very affordable. That's why everybody can afford to buy a home here. So for a million dollar budget, either buy a killer place in Bangkok or a killer place in Hua Hin. Or buy a place in Bangkok or Hua Hin or even Jiong Tian for half a million and then keep the other half a million on reserve for emergency use. Or just down the road, for an example, let's say that you've lived here in Thailand for like over 10 years like myself and you realize, hey, you know what? Uh, maybe I wanna get a place in Chiang Mai or maybe I wanna get a second place at least you have that money on reserve to buy something else. And also that can be used for living expenses. So there are lots of options for you, but having the fact of having too many choices in Thailand puts the average consumer, uh, it puts the average consumer in a, in a weird situation because you feel like, Wow, everything is just great because look how inexpensive it is and look at the location. Uh, 
wow, if, if I bought the same exact thing in San Diego, oh my God, it'd be like five times the price. If I bought the same exact place in Manhattan, or in South Beach, or in Seattle, Washington. Oh my God, it'd be like four times the price. Well, real estate is just practiced different here. That's why I say many times as a real estate investor, when you're coming to a second world country, even if you are successful in your Western country, whether it's in North America, or some English speaking country like Australia, New Zealand, UK, and you've done very, very well, those same exact strategies that made you successful in those countries, many of them do not apply here. And you have to be smarter. So if you ask yourself, what is the best way and where can I, is the best place to buy income generating real estate? If you haven't listened to my prior podcast, Bangkok. Bangkok is the only place that I would buy any type of income generating real estate because it's a higher demand and especially if you're buying a little bit more luxury units in more preferred locations so I hope you found this to be helpful I don't like to talk and drive at the same time uh, so I am going to bid you adieu and I hope you found this to be helpful and we'll see you in Thailand